on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. In sports, it's like once you're at a certain level, you train with the best, you compete with the best. And sometimes you compete with people that are just so naturally gifted that it's impossible for you to get on that same level no matter how hard you train. It's just different. Whereas in business, I think everyone starts at the same line no matter like how gifted they are. I always say if you're stupid, you just partner up with smart people. It doesn't matter if your parents are rich because most, most billionaires started with nothing. It doesn't matter where you're, where you're from. It's just like, how do you connect the dots? You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, everybody, I'm Chaz Wolf. This week, Gathering the Kings, I've got Max Balmer here on the stage. King Thanks stage, for having my me. man. <laughs> yeah, brother, thanks for being here, dude. We were just talking about uh, the weekend and the 4th of July and all that fun stuff that uh, has recently gone by. Tell us before we get too much into your weekend and how and what you're up to, but tell us what kind of business that you're in first. Obviously, we are in a real estate business, making a lot of adjustments right now. We have been primarily in the wholesale space, basically wholesaling to innovation strategies, direct to individuals, hedge funds, or you, you name it, the entire wholesaling business. And with, I guess a lot of people have been realizing lately, the market has been turning a little bit, things have right. been changing. So we've been also changing our business on a daily basis. feels like every day feels like a week almost. We do so many things and we make so many adjustments, right. moving more and more into pre-foreclosure sales, uh, creative self-financing deals, new construction, fix and flips, like all those things that pop up now. And towards the end of the year, we want to position us more into small and medium-sized multifamily. So we just have to work on the lending perspective right now. A lot of people are losing confidence in the market, which is a good time to tell them, hey, real estate is a really good investment rather than losing all your money in the crypto space or in the stock right. market. And I've lost my fair share too, so I know how it feels. And so I'm going back to real estate and focusing 100% on what actually keeps yeah. us wealthy. That's right. Exactly. I love the perspective and we'll have lots to dive into, I'm sure. But you're not from America. I want to know your story. Where are you from? Tell us your, how did you get to America? You've got an incredible story here. I want, I want to start there first. Yeah, it's a good question. So obviously I'm from Germany. It's for your audience and my audience can hear. It's not the typical American accident. Yeah, <laughs> but right. I grew up in Germany. And I came to the US because of sports. I'm also pretty much a professional track and field athlete. So I started competing at a young age in Germany, competed in Germany. And then at around 16, I moved out of my parents' house, chased a dream, was basically working with the Olympic training center in Germany. And then competed for Germany at world championships, European championships. And therefore my name was out there in the world ranking. And when I finished high school, a lot of US coaches started reaching out to me. And offered me a scholarship, which was an amazing opportunity. I never really thought about this while wow. I was training there. And so those opportunities came along and I was like, you know, what? it's an amazing opportunity for me to learn a new culture, a new language, get to know different people, get to know different training philosophies, et cetera. So then there was not any intent building on real estate business. Um, sure. It was my yeah. sport focus. So I came over here at a really good, successful time, competed for the University of Oregon 
here in Eugene, Oregon, Tractor in USA. It was an amazing time. It was successful. So I met my wife in college, my freshman year. And she was also a student. She was playing volleyball. So we met there. And yeah, so we have been together ever since pretty much and started that real estate business. Out of college students, you always say, I just broke a broke college student. And it was the same for us. Only difference was because I was considered an international student. And if you're an international student on a scholarship, you're actually not allowed to do any work. So, you know, oh. I, I couldn't even work at Starbucks. I couldn't do anything. And therefore there was no income coming in from my side. And the financial times obviously got pretty tough during COVID and everything that was happening. So we had to figure something out and then. We got married and the whole green card process took forever because also in bridged office to close. Like I couldn't really, the only thing I could do is be an entrepreneur, self-employed and do my own business. There was no limitations on that because I wouldn't be employed and just do my own things. Yeah. And so we started basically, yeah, the real estate business kind of started out of being pushed to the wall, having literally no money, no, no ways to get out of it, not even able to work. And then we're like, okay, we got to do our own thing. That's incredible. Obviously just the being pushed against the wall piece is incredible that puts you into action. But I'm so curious to hear how the, like the connection between the sports and I'm sure just being a deep competitor played into all that. But before we dive into some of the details on, on kind of the story, if you will, I want to know now at this stage, obviously if you're talking about just during COVID, it hasn't been that long where you've been at this level of the game, seven figures and above. But I'm, I, my question to you now is that, man, like you, you've had an immense amount of success and pretty quickly too. And so my question is, why are you still pushing? Why are you pivoting? Why are you trying to change the business as the market changes? Why not just take the money and live on an island, for lack of better terms? I, why are you still pushing? What's your purpose, man? What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Honestly, it's just... At this point, it's just a passion, right? I think once you find something that you're really passionate about, you don't really want to stop. I right? need people that have all the money in the world and they're in their 60s, 70s, and they still work every day. Like they would go to any normal job. It's just because this is like our life. What really moves me is that a lot of people think about wholesaling. You're basically taking deals from people. You're, you're taking them from them, like basically scanning people. But this is not our philosophy. For us, it's always client first and focusing on their solutions, right? So... We have a lot of people that reach out, especially in the pre-foreclosure state that just can't afford it anymore. And rather than them having to go through the bankruptcy and losing their credit, like we help them, right? So, and just those emotional components when people like call me and cry because they're so thankful that we could help them. And then on the other side, we help people finding homes for affordable prizes too. So it's the win-win circumstances in both ways. Right. That moves me. What also moves me is just the people working for us, right? I see every week that I can basically implement a little bit of spark in their eyes and just yeah. help them accomplish their goals and help them accomplish comfort and stable income and those things. And just be an amazing team building that culture. I always try to push my people. It's like the athlete in me, right? I always try to see what else, right. how far can we go? Can we get better? Can we get better? Right. So it's tough to, it's always like you set a goal and then you achieve it. And then you realize, dude, that was actually really simple, but it's right. next, right? And you the next goal. And then you go, it's just harder and harder. So it's like an right. endless story. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. It absolutely is. You set a target and you crush it and you think, geez, I, I, what seemed so big then seems rather small yeah. now. And so I, I definitely relate to that. I think a lot of entrepreneurs can. Dude, you got to tell us the story. You get started and your back's against the wall here and it's like eat or not eat type of a situation. Mm -hmm. But tell me like the beginning pieces of it, but more so specifically, I want to know, you just mentioned your athletic background. How did being this like, you like this University of Oregon is like, 
the place to go for track. So like you're obviously a competitor to a very deep core. How did that play a role in getting the business started or even having quick success? Honestly, I think it was the key essence. I wouldn't be where I am today without it. I always tell people that sports in a way, it's like its own world where you can really train certain emotions and certain mindsets and you get the instant result, right? Where you think and feel, instantly you feel the result. And if you learn those things and implement them in real life, how it takes longer for it to kick in. Um, but all those tiny things you learn in sport about just, everyone knows it, right? And when you hit the fan, maybe when you push to the wall, you just need to be confident, right? And sport is all about confidence, trusting yourself, trusting your abilities, and just being committed to working hard. Right. It's about visualizing your goal. You have a, your goal, you know what it takes to get there. You're visualizing achieving, but you're going back and forth in, in that mental stage of this is how it feels. If I accomplish this goal, I get myself right. in this position, I get myself I'm up. And just using those imaginary success stories at the beginning to go through the hurdles that it takes to be successful. At the beginning, you have nothing and a lot of rocks getting thrown at you. So you got to really live more on the mental stage of this is how it's going to feel when I go through all the hassle yep. uh, and then I'm going to be successful. So this is what really helped me. And just like the commitment to hard work, right? I was used in my young years to like work really hard and always just see how far can I go. And it was a lot of tough times, man. It's still right. up to this point, but it never stops. There's just challenges just get different, just yeah. get bigger. It seems. It's funny. I started rewatching last night, a last dance with Michael Jordan, yeah. the, the documentary. And it's interesting, all the things that you're talking about here, especially thinking about it in business, obviously, if you didn't, if you don't have this history in sports, it doesn't mean that you can't be successful in business, but the things that you're just talking about getting better and plowing into something day after day, knowing that if I just keep at it day after day, I'm going to get better is so simple, but that, that just makes sense to an athlete. And so yeah. what you were just talking about, even back to your purpose of like, there's another level and you hit the target and then there's another level and another level, even in the first episode last night, it was talking about Jordan in between his his freshman and a sophomore year in college, or even his rookie year in the NBA, it was just like such dramatic growth because mm -hmm. he just wanted, he just pressed in every single day. He chose to get better and better. And so tell us in that first year for you, like, obviously it's only been a couple of years, but what was something that you did early on as far as a good choice that helped you either with that discipline or that was like pressing you into getting better? What was that one decision that you can share with us that, that really lit things up for you? Wow, I get goosebumps. Like thinking about year one, right? It was a crazy roller coaster. I started at seventy-six dollar in the bank, and even going to bed it was just stressful. Like, oh, I don't want to wake up tomorrow because I'm gonna go through the same thing again. And we didn't even tell a lot of people what we we're going to do because it's always like once you do something different, a lot of people just give their negative emotions to be like, oh, this is not gonna work. You always have people that don't have the same mindset, and I realized this early on. My wife started talking to her side of the family and nobody had an understanding for it. What are you guys doing? Just get a job, be secure, blah, 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 right? All those things. And right. so we didn't tell anyone because I told them from the beginning, like, it's going to be so important for us to just be laser focused on our own thoughts. Everything that right. comes from outside, if we're not super strong of who we are, we're going to accomplish, it's going to put us out of the boat. That's right. And it was the one good decision, just like not listening to all the naysayers. We are constantly looking for somebody who can say yes. It's going to work. So every, every time we had a conversation and we like basically started feeling, oh, this guy is not going to agree with what we're going to do or this girl, we right. shut it down and just like change topics because that's right. I didn't want to get into that trouble talk. Yeah. And then just looking for people that are open-minded, right? At the beginning, 
most of the time your circle around you is not really the circle that you need to talk to. You need to go outside of your circle. And we started getting outside of our circle, talking to people and then people that know people and know people. And all of a sudden you talk to somebody who is an entrepreneur by heart. Right. And all of a sudden you have this conversation and it's the first time it's gosh, finally somebody who understands me. That's and right. It's just going through their story. And you're like, dude, this guy literally started with hours and he went through the same struggle. If it's all normal, it's just open the eyes. Like the best decision we had was just talking, not listening to all the people saying it's not going to work and on decisions and just staying on, staying committed to the goal and then finding people that can help you pivot in the right direction. People that have done it. There's so many people out there and just feed off them. It's almost like you're swimming in the ocean and there's right. finally a rock to hold on to. And then it's okay, just hold on to this, feed it up to it and stop climbing, right? Dude, I love the analogy that you just gave of the rock and just holding on tight. I think that's so true because there's so many resources. Think about in the education space for a degree or a certification of some kind to work for somebody else. And when it comes to entrepreneurship, it's just like the wild west. And so you're hundred percent right. I'm gonna pull these two pieces out for the listener. Number one is, Guard your thoughts. You got to pay attention to what you're listening to and you got to remove the negative. You got to remove the negative people. I think that's huge. I think a lot of people hear this, but really what that looks like, what you were saying, is keeping your plans maybe to yourself, not even sharing with friends or family, maybe not being super open or loose lipped when it comes to sharing the creative ideas and things that you're trying to do. But then on the other hand, it's not just doing it all by yourself. You said, find those like-minded people so that you can share. Because I do think it's important that you don't just yeah. keep it all in because then you're just going to create your own island and, and that'll just cause a whole nother level of stress. But you're saying connect with the right people because you're right, dude. I love how you said when you find that right person or a group of people and you're like, these are my people, my tribe. They think like me. They feel like me. They take risks like me. They're crazy like me. It almost gives you permission to be fully you as an entrepreneur. Yes, you feel a lot more secure around those people making your own decisions because you're like, they just do the same thing. So yeah. what we realized really early on is we cannot get to where we want to be just by ourselves. Like you mentioned, let's put, put the nail on the wall. It's just the one book I was reading early on was Who Not How? And it like really blew my mind. I was like, okay, like, cause I always had this mindset, like, how can I get there? How can right. I solve this issue? But never who can help me. And once we changed it, so every time there was a question or an issue or anything, we looked for people that can help us. Now you're building your network. You're building people that have the expertise, right? And at some point there's always this win-win. You can tell them something that they might need and you can start growing. So it's always about, you're only as good as the people. Honestly, that's just what I think. And yeah. at the beginning, you might have this feeling like, why would people just give me all the knowledge that I need? Right. But so many people are so open to share because they started back in the days yep. needing somebody to help them. So it's this like chain, right? And then five, 10 years later, they're like, you know what? I'm going to get back. And then it, yeah. it just starts over and over again. That's so right. like masterminds or any kind of get togethers of like-minded people is important to build or to collapse time. But for me, what was so important is, and it's also a little bit different in sports, right? Because in sports, it's like you, once you're at a certain level, you train with the best. You right. compete for the best. And sometimes you compete with people that are just so naturally gifted that it's impossible for you to get on that same level, no matter how hard you train. It's just different. But in business, I think everyone starts at the same line, no matter like how gifted they are. I always say, if you're stupid, you just harden up with smart people. But it doesn't matter if your parents are rich, because most, most billionaires started with nothing. It doesn't matter where you're from. It's just how do you connect the dots? Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. That's just. Yeah, and just being in masterminds or like talking to people, understanding like, oh, this guy is just like me, like the same story. It's nothing different and he has accomplished it. And now you see that picture of like, okay, this is how it looks like. Yeah. I can do that too. It's the confidence. 
Yeah. But as you see some super athletes and you're like, this guy is just, no, he's a freaking nature. How can yeah. I do that? Yeah. You're like, this is impossible. But in business, it's not. You talk to those people and it's like, gosh, I can't do that. Too. Yeah. And it's what helped me out. I love that perspective, man, because you're right. There's so many entrepreneurs who put other maybe top performing folks on a shelf, a lot like an athlete. And it, what it creates actually is an excuse for them to think, oh, Max or Chaz, they, they've, they're supernatural. They've got this freakish talent where, you know, they're, they're better than me. Right. But the reality of it is that, that we're not, you came from another country. I came from a single mom family. Neither one of us had money 10 years ago. And along the way, we've built something that is literally less than 10% of companies do. So what's unique about it? What you just spent the last five minutes saying is that anybody can do it. You just got to put yourself in a scenario where you can be around people who are doing it so that you can learn from them and also like start applying what it is that you're learning. I love the, that feel about the entrepreneur, just community in general. I think, like you said, there's so many people willing to help. It's what we're on the freaking podcast for today. This is what we're literally doing right now, you and me. I don't get yeah. paid to do this podcast. You're not getting paid to do this podcast, but there's something even about our own growth, I think, selfishly, something that I'm growing in today by hosting this podcast and giving back and something that you're growing in by being here and giving of your time. I think that once you've received, it's okay. Now the value not only is just giving it back, but I get to mm -hmm. continue my growth as I give back. Yeah. No, it's all about give and take. If you're right. able to give, you will get so much more. That's and right. A lot of people, they like to take without giving and then it only goes so far. You have to just be able to just give, give, be happy that people also can be successful, help them to be successful. And it all comes back to you twice, three times as much. That's right. I love it. Okay. So let's flip the coin. Max, tell me about a bad decision that you made that almost took you out. Many. Ah. Gosh, you could talk hours, right? I think there are a lot more bad decisions than good ones. But looking back, having bad decision was actually a good decision because it opens your eyes. I think it's just important to realize when you do a bad decision of how to get out of it. You always push to the wall. Unfortunately, this is how life works, right? You're learning the most, you push to the wall. That's right. Right. Everything goes well. You're just riding the wave. But once you get under the wave, you got to learn how to get up. I think that the worst decision we have made early on is you start comparing yourself with this is where I want to go. Most of the time you talk to those people and you're okay, this is how their business works. And so when we started wholesaling, which was just me and my wife at the beginning, we made a good amount of money and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, we need to scale now. We just, it, it wasn't just like zero to one. It was like, okay, let's go zero to a hundred because I'm unpatient. And yeah. I don't care about zero to 99. Let's just go straight to 100. Like hire like eight people, build processes, blah, blah, blah. And it was all so cool at the beginning. We like felt like we are doing the best things. But if you're not ready for that, if your system is not ready for that, if you don't have the foundation, you build right. something and then you build like actually a monster. Right? So like we started scaling super quick and then started downscaling again. Because <laughs> yeah. it almost took us down. Like all of a sudden you have so much responsibility. A lot of people, you don't realize that if you bring in new people, you have to actually, they're not going to be efficient day one. You have to train them. And all of a sudden your revenue kicks down because those people actually don't perform like you do. And you start spending more because you think of eight people on the like, making calls and spend eight times as much. And like all of a sudden you the rev the profit in last state look a lot different. You're like, oh my it gosh, like, it changed. So I think the, the decisions you have to make is just be patient. Go zero to one, one to two, and learn how to be a leader. Like school is never teaching that. And it seems so easy. Yeah, I'm just gonna tell them what I what they need to do and I pay them what else is out there, right? But it's not so much more about building culture, right? It's about that's right. 
what feeling your employees and make them like really want to work for you. If they're only 30% as efficient, you might as well just do it yourself. You have to make right. sure they're efficient and you, you help them grow as well. And this is what we had to learn in the beginning. We just hired and thought, I'm paying them. What else do they need? They just got to get their stuff done. And yes. I was like, a, yeah, I was, you know, not a leader. And then when I started reading the book, Multiplier, I realized I need to multiply the talent because uh, right. now if I invest in them, it's investing in my own company, it's investing in myself. This was like the one thing that we did early on wrong, but I'm glad yeah. we did it because it helped us then get better. Yeah. In so many different ways too. I want to try to pull these out for the listener. You talked about number one, scaling too quickly, just because you knew how to do systems and how to hire and how to increase lead volume doesn't necessarily mean that you were ready for it, which sounds counterintuitive to a sales guy, right? If we can do sales, let's go, let's get them. But all the things inside of that, which you just said, were your leadership, the ability to train and coach and actually build culture inside of the team to do all those things that last past this month or next month to actually make the investment worth it inside of your team. Because like you said, if you're only producing a couple of percentage points more with this huge team, then it's the same as doing it yourself. And scaling properly, what I'm hearing you say is you can learn how to do systems. You can learn how to grow. You can learn how to hire, train. But if you aren't doing it intentionally, is that right? the right word maybe? Along the way, building each individual person, training, making sure that each hire that you make is taking away a certain amount of time from you or whoever else is involved so that you can actually duplicate the efforts as opposed to just adding people. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes. It's just about like understanding like... If you talk to people, where people are going to be open to share how their business works. But now you're talking to somebody who has maybe been in business for 20 years and it took 20 years to go there. If you start copying that right away, you're going to fall, right? right? So you need right. to compare your, this can be your goal, but then you need to go, okay, who I'm doing 40 of this month, who's doing eight and what is their system going to look like? And then right. yeah, who's doing 16, it's just step by step. And a lot of people. Oh, that for me, it was just like from sports, like you're so unparished, you just want to go to the, to the goal quickly, you just want to go through it. You're like, no, I can't do it. Sometimes it's just like the patience is, because if you're basically running a lean business and you're just doubling your revenue, you're going to be a lot better than trying to increase your expenses 10x right. and somehow try to do 20x in revenue. It's not going to be easy, right? It's possible, but it takes so much. It all, it all starts building on you. At the beginning, you're the entrepreneur and nobody's born to be an entrepreneur. You learn those skill sets and what's the time you started from scratch. So you don't know much about accounting, finance, management, private money raising, so many things. And all of a sudden, all those things come on you and you're like, okay, I don't even know what to do. And then yes, you need people to help you. So it's really important to have those people that help you go through it so you can collapse time and actually get there quicker. Yeah. But just being able, all, every, always that we have goals, you know, all mentors always say, Max, this is where you want to be, zero to one. Zero to one. Like, okay, you're right. We're going to do, <laughs> what are we going to do tomorrow to get from zero to one? Not, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, speaking to the impatience, a lot of entrepreneurs like you and I both, very impatient. We want to have the end result now. And it's not that we're not willing to work. It's just that we want it to go fast. And sometimes to build something sustainable or last lasting for a long period of time, more than just this year or this decade even, is something that has to take time. It has, there has to be like an actual groundwork laid. Hey, kings and queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. 
And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. And one of the things that you've said it, but it's been a little bit unspoken, which is this idea of getting around mentors or people that are further along, but specifically somebody who's just maybe a couple of ticks ahead rather than somebody who's got like the ultimate dream life that you want. Of course, those are nice and good people to be around and make you think bigger, of course. But a lot of times it's just as well, if not better, to get around somebody who's just a tick or two ahead because they're in the grind or they're in the, they're in the format of whatever it is that, that you're stepping into and it's a little bit more real to them. Is that, am I picking up what you're laying down there? Oh, it's just, you put it so good. Like, I mean, gosh, when we started, we like always wanted the mentors that are like 50X and we are like crazy right. people. And they're super nice. And then once they start talking, but they talk in their language and, and their level of expertise which right. is, there's a huge gap. So sometimes you just get personal, super overhelped and everything sounds so complicated because for them, it's all, everything makes sense. So when they talk about their process, they don't realize that they're 20 years ahead. And then once we started talking to people on the same level, then you have actually conversation that makes sense where you understand what they actually do. And then small things that they mention all of a sudden allow you to be twice as good because, oh my gosh, they just do that. That makes sense. And then you see the big picture, like how you get there. Um, so we connected with people that are pretty much on the same level. So we could like really go into like detail of how our systems work and what do they do different and the big picture stuff we took from the big guys. But sometimes about talking about processes and systems, you get so overwhelmed looking at what somebody accomplished over 20 years because right. it took some time. So you, yes, you said that absolutely right. Yeah. The time piece keeps coming back, man. If you can recognize that that big guy, yeah, he's a big thinker. He's got all the juice that you, that you think you have too, but he's got 20 years on you. And if you put yourself in that seat of just going, okay, if I just stayed this diligent, this persistent at what I'm doing over the next 20 years, and is it likely that I'm going to be where this guy is? If I'm doing the right things, then yes. And sometimes it's just very difficult to think out 20 years, especially as a young guy. But even my, in myself in my 20s, I remember buying my first couple of franchises the year I turned 25. And I thought to myself, okay, I got a 10-year business loan. At the age of 35, these businesses are going to be paid for. And instead of paying the bank a couple hundred thousand dollars, I'm going to be making a couple hundred thousand dollars. And, uh, and I'll be 35 years old. They'll be paid for. And, and that seems so far down the line. And the 10 years just went by. It, felt, it feels like a lifetime ago when I bought those stores. So it's crazy to think about another 10 or 20 or even 30 years. But if you can set your mind at a forward pace like that, it helps you, it helps you pace properly for those bigger targets. So I love that. Max, do you have some sort of a discipline or a process now in making decisions? Obviously, we're still going to both make a bunch of bad ones, but our target now is to make a bunch of good ones. Is there any sort of process that you take your team or you personally through in making a good decision? Yes, I've learned that I usually run like bigger decisions through my networks. I just talk to people. I'm like, hey guys, I have this idea. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. What do you guys think? And some, you learn that so many times you think, dude, this is the golden idea. And all of a sudden people take you down. Like, dude, don't do this, whatever. Because somebody has done it and they like, dude, this doesn't work. Totally right. scratch to me. And then you're like, oh my gosh, okay. So what are you guys doing? And then you can take those ideas, brainstorm, 
and then build something that actually works better than just be like, this is my idea and I'm going to feed it my employees and they're just going to use it. I always talk to people that are smarter than me, get their feedback. Most of the time they have done it already or have done something similar and take that basically then get them approved of my idea and then take it down to my employees and start working it. This has helped me really making the right decisions. Cause like you said, when you make wrong decisions, you learn a lot, but also it takes you usually some time to get back. That's right. So once you can really spend some time initially on the decision, making sure it actually works and it's proved by somebody that knows actually what they're doing, yeah. then you can make quick progress. That was one of the major things we've learned that allowed us to go really quickly, really good in our business, just talking about our decisions. So we had less things that we did wrong. Right. Uh, obviously I'm not saying like day-to-day decisions, like small things, but like big things like, Hey, let's add this acquisition arm or let's start hiring those two positions, those kind of things. And then big decisions that impact you and they can like screw you. Those ones yeah. you want to definitely run to people that have done it or at least know what they're talking about. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that you, what you just said makes a lot of sense. And a lot of people don't actually talk about it. I don't really press into it a whole bunch, but it's exactly how I feel, which is this. You're right. We all make big mistakes and we can't as entrepreneurs be afraid to share them because that's how not only do we learn individually, but then I'm learning from you here today and the listener the same. But I'll tell you, the better that we get, it's because we make better and better decisions. It comes down like where we are today is based on the decisions that we made 10 years ago, like I just said. So whatever you were doing 10 years ago and those types of decisions have literally led you here today. Now, maybe you weren't in business 10 years ago like I was, but you were making decisions on an athletic perspective of persistence and pressing through and doing things that are hard and all the things that in the last couple of years in your business have allowed you to scale pretty quickly. And so it's, again, going back to the decision-making, I think that if as an entrepreneur, we can just create this history. Good decision, good decision, good decision. Oh, okay, bad decision. Fine, no big deal, we learn. But then good decision, good decision, good decision, good decision, good decision. This track record, it not yep. only builds confidence, but it actually gets you where you want to go. Yeah, no, you're right. And also like another big thing that I learned as an athlete is a lot of people said yearly goals, right? And then you ju- you're starting in January and then all of a sudden it seems like December is so far and you get lazy because That's if right. it looks far so as an athlete, usually like your season is three months long, so you have 12 weeks. So like you said, 12 week goals, you work really hard to get there. And then you reassess and then you go for the next season. So we had three seasons track. I was like, obviously before you had the pre-off season and winter training, indoor and outdoor season. So it was like a blocks. And I used it in business too. I said three week goal, three months goals and basically treat them as a year goal. And then after three months, you're going to go back, look what have you accomplished. And then assess from there for the next two months. And basically every week, it's like a quarter for us. Every week, we're going to look back, check our numbers, look what we've accomplished, look what was not good. And so making decisions based on numbers, and don't just let it loose and be like, yeah, it's all going to be fine in December. We're going to get to make the decisions, track your numbers. And personally, every single night, I sit down and look what I've accomplished today. I write my list for the next day of what I'm going to do when, because then I, I can right. clear my mind. I wake up and I have a clear goal. I don't have to wander around and look like, oh, what am I going to do now? Oh, I exactly. got my phone, Instagram, whatever. Oh, no, I right. know exactly. It's 8.15. I got to go and I need to do X, Y, Z. It just goes on. That's right. So just being, managing your time and just like setting smaller goals along the way. Let's all look at big rock and then smaller rocks along the way to get to the big rock. So this is really important. Yeah. There's that famous phrase of entrepreneurs overestimate what we can get done in three years, but underestimate what we can get done in three months or whatever that phrase is. Absolutely. And it's like, man, if we get caught in the too far, nothing ever gets done. But if we can really hyper-focus, dial in on what we're getting done over the next quarter or even next month, next week, that's when progress really starts to happen. So 
I appreciate that perspective. Max, I want to go to the speed round here. My first question to you is a tough one. You're a numbers guy, so I'm curious to know here. What's the one metric, if you had to boil the entire business down to one metric that you could track forever and ever, and you didn't get any other metrics, what would that one trackable metric be for you? That's easy. Like we always call it efficiency. We have those meetings on a daily basis with my employees. It's all about efficiency, right? And it's, I don't care if it takes them two hours to get it done or it takes them eight hours. Like I'm not that guy. I'm like, you got to work eight hours. Like I give them tasks. Everyone knows they'll be heading. Everyone has the one week, one month, three month goal. Sure. And it's about efficiency. It's about thinking outside of the process. Like, how can I get there? How, what can I do next to, to work there? And we track efficiency in a lot of our numbers of what decisions do my employees make to help the business grow there and how efficient are they? Right? I don't want people just to sit there eight hours and just killing the time and like trying right. to look efficient. Like sometimes people think, oh, if my people work eight hours, they're going to be efficient. No, plus it's fine. If you want to work two hours, but you get everything done in two hours, I'm fine with that, right? I still pay you for eight hours. But right. it's just for me, like, I want you to think, how can I get my time spent wisely? Because personally, I think time is the most valuable uh, thing ever. No money can ever buy you time and you lose it every single second. You're just losing it. So like, you need to make sure that the time you have is so limited. That you're spending it so wisely. And I always teach this by employees, right? It's about just use your yeah. time wisely. And that's the one thing we track, just how to use your time. And how can we be more efficient? Things that don't matter, don't focus on, just focus on the stuff that makes money. That's right. I love that too. It's, it's all about the deliverable at that point. But what I love below that, what you just said, which I got, I've got a comment here because it, it as an expression of who you are, your character, is your gifting the same thing that you say that's valuable to you as an entrepreneur to your employees? Time. And you're yeah. saying, hey, I, I want to give you autonomy. I want to give you the ability. Here's the task list. Go for it. Go for it hard. Go for it slow. Whatever, whatever gets the goal done late at night, early in the morning, either way, as long as the task is done. And obviously I'm sure there's some more parameters given per task, but generally speaking, I think that's a, an amazing gift that you're giving to your folks. So what you already mentioned a couple of books here, but what would be the one book, maybe one of those that you'd recommend a six figure specifically read six figure guy or gal to get to that seven figure mark? Who know how? I think that's the one like general book out of all ones that's so specific, but who knows how it's just like changing a mindset. And I'm just saying, I need to connect to people that can help me get to my goal. That right. changed us so quickly. And it doesn't take much. You just got to stop thinking like, how? Who? And that's it. And yeah. now you can actually have so many more opportunities. It's insane. I think I've started three companies since reading that book last year. Because of who? I had this thing. I had this issue. I had this problem. And I wanted to solve it. But rather than asking how, I said who? And that has led me to literally starting off the top of my head. I can think of three companies that I started in the last two years, yeah. uh, maybe even a year and a half since I read that book. And I think that's a great read. What would you recommend as far, you mentioned a lot of mastermind or networking opportunities. Obviously you find value in that. Usually my question is, do you do it? We already know that you do, but what would you recommend right now? A six figure guy who hasn't invested time or energy or space into networking or masterminding. What would you say to that person? Right now? Go out and network. It's so simple, right? Some people have the impression that it costs money. Yes, like really quality networks usually cost money to enter, but really change your mindset. And I also had to change that is it's not an expense. It's an investment. Everything you spend in, the, in networks and in, in masterminds, if you don't get it back 10, 20 X, you're wasting your time. You got to get out there, right? Because like, you're not using time efficiently, you're not talking to the right people, but even on a free space, right? Depending on where you are, but in most bigger cities, if you're in real estate, the local real estate meetup, right. 
there's so many meetups in any kind of regards. And you just go there and talk to people. And there's always going to be somebody who has their next idea or who's just a tiny bit ahead of you who wants to help you. Right. And then you talk to them and then you use their name. So you're just building it. At the end of the day, it just takes one person to start with. And then this person knows two. And then you have three. And then it starts expanding. It's like a tree. So it's just like going out and talking and just not being afraid of um, sounding like you don't know what you're doing. Sometimes people just want to sound like, oh, I know everything. But if you actually like more open and you share, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? It gets you a lot farther than, yeah, I know exactly what I do. I'm like king. But deep down, you're like, I really help. Just ask for it. You'll be surprised how many people are happy to help you without charging you or those kind of things, or charging a small fee or just like in return mm. to something that you might know. It's a give and take. If you yep. are willing to give, you'll get back. That's right. I love it. That's good. Last question for you, Max, is if you lost it all, your entire business that you've scaled so quickly, if you lost it all, what would you do? We'll do it again. So quick. So <laughs> do it nice. again. You you would go through year one, even though you told me year one was as a roller coaster like none other. You do it again. Well, obviously, the one thing I always say, right? You can take anything from me. You can take my money, my company. You can never take my knowledge. Right? Everything I've learned up to this point will always be there. So if I fail, I just do it again. But this time, I have so much experience. I know I would make better decisions at the beginning, so be probably a lot quicker. But that was the one thing when we started because we were young and we talked to our mentors and people always said, gosh, you guys are so young. Don't be so scared. If you fail, you just do it again, right? If you're 50, you got to think differently. But if you're in your 20s and you do a business and you fail, you just do it again or you do something else. But you have learned so much from it. Like just what I've learned in the two years, gosh, that's that value of that was like priceless. So 100%. That's funny. I had, yeah, that makes me think of before I bought my first franchise years ago, I had a buddy that asked, it was an edible arrangements, fruit franchise. And so he was like, what if people stop buying, you know, fruit baskets? Yeah. And I was like, that would suck. But I'd probably at the current time I had just come out of sales. And so I was like, I'll probably get a sales job. I'd pay off the loan and then I'd probably do it again. And he just looked at me like, dude, you're nuts. I'm like, I think that's what I'm going to do. And so you're right. You just got to press in and sometimes you fail. Sometimes it works. As long as you have more wins than losses, the overall yeah. uh, result is really what you're looking for. Max, how can someone listening today, you've been incredible. First off, how can they connect Appreciate with you? How can they find you on social media? I want these guys to be able to get some value from you. How can they find you? Yeah, I'm super open. If you just reach out to me on social media, I'm always here to help. And then, again, like I mentioned, I've received that I'm willing to give. Um, so social media, Instagram, Facebook, we started some YouTube and we were going to get it back on, but it's in a progress, but nice. it's basically just like Max uh, and Facebook is Maximilian Balmer. So Maximilian is my, feel, my full um, name. And yeah, we also have some, or we just recently started some like, mentoring because I realized that we've had a lot of people reach out to us on the beginning side, asking like, Hey Max, how can I get started? At the beginning, you have so many questions that are easily solvable. And we started like, taking some people on for mentorship. Basically, right now, it's not a coaching business. The one-on-one mentorships, I actually spend a weekly, one hour a week with all my coaching students talking through anything. Yeah, we have some people in uh, multifamily, some people in new construction, some people in flipping, whatever it is. But it's, the, the major thing at the beginning is so fundamental, just building the system. Yeah, Zero to one processes, starting to hire, like all those things, building a virtual team, building a local team, whatever it might be. And we are just like an open book. We really share whatever we have. If I don't have it, I connect you to somebody who has it. So we've started this and it's really amazing because it's like one of our passion is like helping people. 
I always enjoy helping people because it's like you said, almost it feels like you're on success too. People like getting out of certain circumstances just get yep. so happy. Sometimes I'm even more excited than the person that actually didn't do it. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. So I'm I know that. Help. Really? Yeah. I'm happy to help. So if you guys reach out, you can connect and see how I can be of any value and we can take it from there, but just hit me up on social media. So. That's great. Max, uh, we so appreciate you and obviously wish you nothing but success in all that you're doing, but the uh, information that you've given to us in such a short amount of time here today, or even just a short amount of time in your business, even it's just been, wow, you're a studied individual and, and we're better off for knowing you. So thank you very much for giving us your time. I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.